Warning, the following podcast may contain language that some listeners may find offensive or confusing or intriguing. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the 3v3 podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. <laughs> Gosh, whatever are we going to talk about today? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my God. Have, have you ever seen anything fumbled so horribly from start to finish as, as Mike Babcock in Columbus? <laughs> These people are idiots. I mean, they are hockey men, so I mean, <laughs> you're being redundant. <laughs> I forget which, but it was either Neil Smith or Pat LaFontaine lasted longer on the island than Babcock did with CBJ. Not even to training camp. Oh. Now, it's not official, official no, it is because official, some graphic art. It is now official, official. Yes. Yes, <clears throat> Columbus Blue Jackets have released a press or have released yeah, a press release. Redundant, redundancy, people are redundant. redundant. Pascal Vincent has official, been named official. the head coach. So now you know. So now we can sit here and bask in Schadenfreude about all. <laughs> I was just about to say it's not official, official until some. Oh dear God! Until some graphic artist has to put something together. <laughs> And they and they did the Columbus Blue Jackets logo with team announcement underneath. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have I I went directly to their website and did not get said announcement, mm. but it's on there. It's live. I'm reading it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> just <laughs> dear. God, I haven't laughed this hard over somebody else's idiocy in a long, long time. Wait, oh, wait, whose idiocy? Yarmo's? Uh, but I... <laughs> yes, and the pe- well, and the people complicit in his his quote unquote redemption tour that oh, started God. before he got the job. <sighs> so many hockey you know, people. I mean. You all, we all smelled it, right? Why is why is Mike Babcock being interviewed by you know the Toronto Star or whatever the hell it was, or the or the Athletic NHL.com? Uh, okay. Well, that one makes sense. Never mind. Mm-hmm. No, it still doesn't. <laughs> no, it absolutely does because it's not. They're not a journalism outlet. They are a PR firm. Well, that's, I mean, in the context of the redemption tour, the NHL, the NHL has no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No, no relationship, nor responsibility to the coaching fraternity. They only have, they only have that as far as the clubs, as the club, the clubs in their league, they are the mouthpieces for so after he was hired, yes, I fully expect to sit down with NHL.com because he is now part, you know, he is now part of one of their league franchises. But prior to that, no. And <clears throat> as I'm sitting here thinking, 
Oops. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. <laughs> Can you smell the smoke? Um, yeah. Um, color me shocked. Does, uh, do we, do we know how long he was signed? Two for? years. And I'm wondering if he is, I'm wondering if he's fine. He's just using that loophole again, right? Like, Oh, I'll just go here. I'll sign a contract. I'll be an a-hole. I'll get canned. Hey, yeah, free salary for two years. So, so from what I understand, if a coach is fired, he is, he, he is entitled to the rest of his contract. If a coach resigns, he is not. Well, that's why I want, okay. So that's why I want to make sure that they're, that they're not misspeaking in their terminology of, of saying that. He right. That's what I, I mean, I don't know if that's fact, but that's what I understand it to be. Now that also being said, I'm wondering what the negotiations to get him to resign look like. Uh, so actually but who was it? Uh, what's his face? Um, I actually retweeted this a couple minutes ago because <laughs> breaking news. Hooray. Um, Frank Cervelli said that it was uh, much of the last 24 to 48 hours was spent negotiating his exit. <laughs> so how much do we have to pay you to leave? Uh, <laughs> Well, that's, that's exactly, mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was going to say, mm -hmm. you know, or exactly yeah, before you actually, say, uh, gosh, you know. um, before I have to sue you for, for contract, um, what is that? Uh, you... No negotiations um, when you don't let breach of contract. Breach of Thank you. It's like how much money you're going to give me or else I'm going to sue you for a breach of contract. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, they can't sue for breach. I mean, they can fire him. He can't no, sue him for true. breach for being fired. He could he could go after him for you know unjust termination, but you know mm -hmm. again free salary. They would say no. You know your settlement was is you're still getting paid even though you're not working. Upon reflection, it has become clear that continuing as head coach of the Blue Jackets was going to be too much of a distraction. <laughs> oh, poor Mike. He's already starting his redemption mm -hmm. tour. Yeah, I, I want a list of I'm I want a list of people yeah. that know him that like next time around, because there will be a next time around, because these things never end. Um you know, I want a list of people who like cooperate that, yeah, he's worked so hard the last few years to become a better person. And yeah, which was kind of missing this time around. <laughs> just, uh, just, you know, it just kind of gets funnier and funnier. And, and it, again, it also gets sadder and sadder because goddamn poor Columbus. You know, that city, that fan base deserves so much better than this. 
you know, they're setting themselves up. They're kind of loaded for bear for the next few seasons. And, oh, dear God. But in a sense, they have to be relieved and also laughing at this at the same time. You know. The fan base. The fan base knew two seasons ago when, when, or whenever Tortorella didn't resign. They didn't want the assistant coach becoming the head coach. They knew that wasn't going to work, but they did it anyway. Not like they had much, many options at this point. <laughs> and, you know, who knows? I'm not going to speak ill of Brad Larson. He wasn't working with much. The team was should have been moderately better last year, but whatever. It, it's not really that big of a deal. But are you telling me coach wasn't this wasn't Blue Jackets fans celebrating like Leafs fans when Babcock was hired away from Detroit? I gotta feel like they are relieved. Like I didn't I got the sense they were not entirely. Yeah, most of them were not like happy with the whole situation from what I got too. Because it was, it. I mean, it's really a case of uh, what has he ever done? Uh, what has he done to deserve it? Okay, one Stanley Cup in Detroit. But he's got a winning record. He's got winning seasons. He's a hockey man. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, ultimately, yes, I know, but. <laughs> They would rather stick with the the NHL is so risk adverse. They'd rather stick with the evil that they know than go out of like the NHL to hire someone that they don't. I I think there's some of that, but I think what led them to that was the, the miss some there's still like, I don't know the the idiot convention that are the 200 document. There's still some air of mystique that he can mm. make magic. You know, he, he, he can do something with less mm-hmm. than everyone else has. He can line up all his little toy soldiers and get them to put a good regular season together. He can, but so can team, a lot of but, other people. Yeah. <laughs> So can a lot of other people without galaxy braiding things. Mm-hmm. Like Andrew Brunette, two seasons ago, because, yeah, I got, I got to start thinking in those terms again. Two seasons ago, he just steered the ship for Florida, and they won the President's Trophy. Well, it's not that difficult as long as you stay out of the way sometimes. And then he crashed and burned in the playoffs. I'm going to say due to a lack of experience. You know, making in-season adjustments game-to-game versus shift-to-shift for a team. Well, it's pretty common to me. So if an, an unexperienced head coach can do it, so can this guy who's been around since 2002. Who, in theory, he was only out of the playoffs twice in his NHL career. Once was by on purpose. And well, 
The rest of the time, he had a bunch of Hall of Fame players. That's that's exactly it. He was in Detroit. Or, you know, it's like like me and Mark Crawford, (laughs) right? A a wind-up monkey, you know, an organ grinder monkey could have led the 95, 96 abs to a cup. And an organ monkey grinder would have done a better job than Crawford, who did everything he could to not win, but the team, despite their coach, won. So here's my question. With the run that Columbus seems to be on, I think they'll they'll hire Joel Quinville next summer. Oh, no. Oh, Oh, no. So. Because they're on the redemption tour right now, you know. Him and Bowman. So. Babcock originally got a two-year contract that lines up with the end of Yarmo Kekalainen's contract by all reports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I figure they, those two would be going out together because, still might. let's be honest. <laughs> that I was going to say. They still might be going out together. They should be going out together. <laughs> uh, give, it a, give it a few hours, Pat. That might be happening. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't. Give it time. Uh, I'm surprised it hasn't. Which op- which opens? Oh dear God, that opens the door for Stan. I told Bowman you, yeah. That's what I was just saying. Well, I I I oh, I, I joke that Stan Bowman would have been the next general manager of this team when things inevitably went badly during the season, not not before training camp, but during the season. So wait, how long did he actually last? When was when was uh, uh, what Babcock signed? July first. July first. July first. Yeah, it's September seventeenth. Uh, a little over. Is, is that the shortest tenure for a head coach at had... this point, for at least the modern era? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. <laughs> yes, because I I am struggling. I cannot remember for the life of me ever hearing about a coach that was let go during or just as training camp was starting, as the rookie tournaments were going on. Wah, I mean, you know, different circumstance, but kind of not too dissimilar. Wah bounced in like August. Right, but he wasn't signed like when he walked two away. months before. But he wasn't correct. Yeah. Correct. No, I know. I know what you're. That's why I said different, different circumstance. But I'm just thinking, you know, as far as like in in relationship to the start of the season, I can't think I've ever seen a situation where a coach was hired, you know, at free agent day, and then fired before camps officially opened, but the rookie tournaments have started. I can't even think of one that was that never made it to the start of the season, at least. Hmm. I mean, generally it's no matter bad, no matter how bad you are, they give you at least 20 games to show you how bad you are. But. So is it, is it just me or, or is the NHL at this point teams in particular, but the league in general, easily swayed by the public outrage that happens more easily swayed by the public outrage that happens now than they have ever been. Cause it seems like fans got, get all up in arms. And then within days, weeks, months, 
things change in? I think the public pressure puts certain individuals into action faster than before. Mm. I would say there was a time probably during the 80s where public and more importantly, media pressure would get guys fired, traded, what have you, faster than anything. Here's my question. If this was six months ago and Donald Fear were still in charge, would we be sitting in the same place with Mike Babcock resigning? Hell no. Hell no. Mm -mm. Not in a million years. He would never have gone to Columbus after the um, the complaints were like issued to the NHLPA. He would have sat there and talked to a couple people and then kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, all right, well, well let's see how let's see how this plays out. I think they I think you're right, Cassie. I think they would have waited until there was some mm -hmm. sort of critical mass within the players griping to the PA from Columbus mm -hmm. during the season. It would have been veterans. It would have if, to have been veteran kind of... leadership complaining. Yes. Well, and <laughs> which would have really put Columbus out to out of sorts because it's not like they have a hell of a lot of that there. See, this is what I was saying when, when, um, Walsh was hired or he, you know, he left, he left the presidential cabinet job for the NHLPA like leadership. And I was saying, maybe it wasn't to you guys, but I was saying that, the, the NHL is going to have their hands full now because they actually have a guy who um, really cares about unions. Well, it cares about the, the right, membership. The, player, the, the individuals, the individuals fear, of the union. Yeah. Yeah. I think fear cared about the union in the sense of the power that it gave him, but not about the players right. who gave him that power. Uh, Marty Walsh did his job, basically. Now, the union will still fail its members when they, you know, yield to a third of the segment wants to go play in an international tournament. A third of the segment wants this, something that benefits them and not the entire group. But you can't say this isn't the best outcome for the individuals in CBJ. And the precedent it sets for the rest of the mm -hmm. union. Well, yeah, to that point, Pat, it, this sends a very, a substantially clear message of, you know, behavior that is tolerated now. And I'm, I mean, I know there's going to be people that do some like, you know, Kundalini yoga or something to get themselves wrapped up in a position to say, oh, it was only because it was Mike Babcock. But I think the PA, the, the sort of joint statement where they made it clear, you know, about respecting the players kind of sends up that flare that says, you know, likelihood is you could be under the gun too if you, you know, regardless of who you are, if you mm -hmm. try this kind of crap. And somebody made a um, particular point that it was it was the younger guys who complained, the guys who um, won't tolerate toxicity as as well as the much older veteran players would. 
You mean the players who a person of power can easily put under their thumb as opposed to the high-paid veterans? Who knew? Yeah. Well, and I, I think, Pat, you're seeing, because of the way the kids in the last 10 years or so have been coming into the league and earning roster spots and sort of taking the reins over on their careers a lot earlier, I think that power dynamic has been shifting slowly because you would never pull this crap with a Bedard. You'd never pull this crap with a McDavid or a Matthews, right? He tried it with Marner and look where it got him. So, you know, these guys, the, the, the veteran, the importance of the veteran player, I think is starting to the, the balance, but the balance of power between the veterans and the younger guys, I think is starting to level out some, because a lot of the younger guys are, are the money makers for the team at the gate. It's also a generational thing though. Um, Gen yeah, Z there's that is too. much more militant about standing up for their rights and for standing up for respect for themselves and and not putting up with older people's crap, generally speaking. Um, and so a lot of like Gen Z employees, uh, the management doesn't know how to deal with them because of that. Uh, and uh, and you're, it's starting to reflect in others in sports now too as well and because they're just they're not in, in, the, in the famous words of a, a song of our generation they're just not going to take it <laughs> you know um they know that, that they have their own power and they can you know they've been radicalized to stand up for themselves basically because of life society culture whatever and the fact that these kids have been treated like professional athletes from the time they were probably 10 years old at the latest yeah. in some instances, too. Yeah. Yep. You know who I'm happy for? Adam Fantilli. Thank you. Thank you. And you know what? In the midst of all this Babcock crap... I'm not one to hang my hat or, or get too hyped up over prospect tournament goals. But, you know, so the fun thing about sports is to see some really freaking cool stuff. And um, it's fun when really exciting players do really exciting things, even though it's against players in their age group. It's still fun. I... <laughs> I'm such an ass sometimes. Okay, most of the times. Okay, just perpetually. Um, everybody was, not everybody, there were a number of people going, you know, completely bonkers over Connor Bedard last night. And I'm like, you realize you're just watching a CHL game with players in NHL jerseys. CHL right? All-Star so game. This is exactly, yeah, well, not, what do you, I would argue it's not even an All-Star game, mm -hmm. Cassie. Um <clears throat> You know, because there's guys that are drafted in the fifth and sixth and seventh rounds that were out. This isn't. This is Team Canada playing Switzerland, but without the really good goalie. I don't even think it's that. It probably isn't, but I mean that's the closest parallel. It is. Uh, 
it's 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 guy it's a rookie camp right it's guys who are who have never played an nhl game and most of whom will never likely play Mm -hmm. an nhl game let's be honest and to your point pat you know the vast majority of those are you know within his age group you know it's it's like a college you know to me it would be like college right it's sort of a first year nc div 2 type thing Mm -hmm. you know you're you're gonna have that one guy that's or those not one guy but you're gonna have those handful of guys that are in that you know 18 19 maybe 20 year old range kind of like kind of like in universities maybe 21 you know depending on if they were if they played in college or not and it's it's Adam Fantelli is impressive. He's got skills. You can see that because he's dancing around the guys that are in that same, like to your point again, in that sort of same age group and experience level with him. So yes, there's something there. Yes, there's something there with Bedard, but don't think, sorry guys, I'm going to Debbie Downer, wet blanket, whatever you call it. Don't think that is going to translate to the NHL as a one-to-one. Killjoy. I, he's going to be great. Okay. But he's, I, you know, he may rip off four or five points a night, a game. I'll be wrong. I don't care, but I, I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. I, I've never really cared all that much about prospects. I have to say simply because most of them won't see the NHL and or even the AHL for that matter. And uh, until they actually hit professional ice, does it really matter? And especially since like teams are not, teams can't develop, they don't develop really. Um, it's just whoever can like, you know, you throw them in, you throw them in the pan and see who, see who jumps out, right? So <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I could never get excited about rookie camps or, or any of that. I mean, I, I enjoy watching good hockey or fun hockey, but, you know, at the same time, I'm like, you know, I just, just, yeah, okay, he went first overall, but, you know, Alexander Dag, you know? <laughs> yeah. And can we please stop us from marching on that man's NHL career? Okay. He had a, he, he yeah. had a career. Was it commiserate with his position in the draft? No. But he had an NHL career. Really? Good yeah. on him. Better than most people. Um, I we, We've had this discussion before, but that's, this is that whole expectation thing, right? And, and to your point earlier, Pat, about them being trained and treated like professionals from a much earlier age, they're becoming, you know, the the likelihood of missing on a number one draft pick now, you know, is almost in the single digits because of the way these guys you know they stand out so clearly um their skills their professionalism you know all of that kind of gobbledygook you know bingo buzzword type crap are you what nail yakupov is probably the last one that was kind of an uh, what you would consider a bust for position I mean, I kind of argue Ryan Nugent Hopkins was, you know, but that was also a weak class that year. So you got to kind of, you know, yeah, I also have to say, well, that was probably the best of that class and that class wasn't all that great. You know, there wasn't a real depth of, of high end talent. There's mm-hmm. a lot of NHL talent, but not 
you know, not that upper, that upper echelon, not stratosphere like Connor McDavid or, you know, that era, but those, that next level star guy. You need to draft four players who can play for a long period of time. And then you might get lucky. You get the obvious picks. Or you find someone who matures, either physically, mentally. Like, going from 18 to 21 is a huge leap. That should happen. But there's too much expectation put on, say, the number 7, 8, 9, 10 pick. When they're just good hockey players who... It all becomes a numbers game. Like Cassie said, some of the players in these prospect tournaments will never see professional hockey after their junior careers. They just won't be offered contracts because it comes down to a numbers game. Well, and it's talent too, right? Well, yeah. and it's and, also well, like scouting isn't, I mean, people who do scouting are not people who should be doing scouting and development and, 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 and. <laughs> There's a, there's always unpatched un, unpatched. Oh God, I can't talk today. There's always there is always um, uh, the diamonds in the rough, you know that 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 never mm-hmm. go discovered because of of that problem, mm-hmm. Cassie. But there's also those that are good at it that you do see consistently pull mm-hmm. those diamonds. Right. I mean, yeah. It, it's. But they're like hit and miss. I mean, if you actually sat down and mapped everything out, like draft picks and teams and scouting staff and people and broke it all out, then I don't know that there'd be anyone, you know, head and shoulders above the rest, honestly. Well, funny you should say that because I haven't I haven't run my model in a few years, but now I kind of want to because I had a model where I would sh- – where I could, uh, that produced sort of the um, kind of what you're talking about, which is quality mm-hmm. of draft, drafted players based on career length and, you know, other attributes. You know, did they ever make the NHL? How many games did they play in the NHL? You know, what was sort of their production while they were in the oh, NHL? Oh, no, I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about how well a specific scout does at scouting. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's not an, it's not at the individual scout level, but it's sort of at the right. team level. So you can kind of then look at the scouting organ, the scouts within that organization at that time and maybe start to build, you know, build some correlation between what they're doing, the quality of their work versus the quality mm-hmm. of others. But still, I mean, ultimately it's still kind of down to the, the GM or the assistant GM to, to make the call the end of the day um but you know you can't really model that in (laughs) kind of kind of not well we we can't because we don't know who the scouts recommended versus you know you don't have that that data of what the scouting yeah yeah, i guess we don't we don't have and we don't have the yakapa versus murray whatever you want to call those stories about someone, uh, you know, overruling all the scouts or whatever. It's just, 
Yeah, I'd like to get my greedy little hands on Central Scouting's like database to see who all the scouts like if they actually are their names are associated with recommendations. No, I, I will high, I will almost guarantee you the teams would never let that out. Which is dumb because nope. that would be to their benefit. No, it wouldn't. No, not publicly, but like as a as a database of of ranking scouts individually. Nah, that's what you pull out in the interviews mm. with them. Yeah, interviews are so for our sakes. <laughs> let's just hope. Bedard, Leo Carlson, Fantilli, they just play a bunch of games and put up a bunch of points. That's all we need. And then a bunch of other guys from this draft, you know, play for several, several years. I just want them to have fun. Honest to God. (laughs) I want to see the joy of hockey in their eyes, not being beaten down by some archaic, Freaking Luddite head coach. God. And now Fantilli has two years with his first head coach. And hopefully he just makes a... In theory. Not makes a statement, but just has a bunch of fun and throws up a bunch of points. Well, I think it's going to be the... This is going to be that weird situation, right? Um... You, you sort of coaches contact the players, you know, even during the off season, you know, before camp start sort of asks, you know, sort of try to set expectations, try to tell them what they're looking for, you know, then they have the draft camp. You can kind of come in and talk to them a little more. And then as it gets closer to the real start of the training camp, you know, they start doing these meetings where, you know, they sit down and sort of go over what, you know, what kind of schemes and everything they're going to play and players kind of start getting in that mindset. And now it all got blown mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. And does, does Pascal have any opportunity to sort of put his own stamp on this before things get underway? Well, so here's, or here's... does he just have to follow the playbook that was left behind? Which is probably what he'll end up doing. Um, probably. So here's here's the thing, though, is if um, the GM gets fired next, I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be generous and say next couple of months, um, <laughs> and they bring in a new GM, then that might bring in a new head coach depending on how they're doing at that point in the year. And so this whole season this might just be a wash for all the rookies in Columbus anyway. I, uh... <laughs> oh, to everyone that ever drags on Tortorella, you can all just go pound sand. I'll just go pound sand there. There would have been, you know, between what Babcock and Peters and Quinville and all that crap coming out, you know, it's never happened. Any of Bab, any of Tortorella's former players leaking crap to spitting chicklets or, or wherever saying, you know, he did this to me. He did that to me. Because there was nothing ambiguous. 
everything from everyone's report. First, first hand, second hand, third hand. It's everyone knew where they stood. Sometimes he rubbed you the wrong way, but he treated you with respect and he treated you the same way as every other player. He never played mind games. You always knew where you stood with him. Good, bad, or indifferent. You always knew where you stood. And I always got the impression it wasn't a competition with anyone else on the team. It was a competition with him, so to speak. You want more playing time? Show me you want it. Oh, good. Good Lord. Yeah, I know we're just going to be sitting here reading Twitter, and I refuse to call it its new name, by the way. Tweet, 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 tweet. <laughs> no, but the uh, league has already updated all their little icons and all that. It's just. Uh... I know, but um, uh, Emily Kaplan. Hey, I just saw that. Has a, has a comment from a player agent. Agent, he may be trying to change, but you can't force it. His communication style wasn't going to work for the younger generation. Cassie, take a bow. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Dear ESPN, Mark, Mark is... dear ESPN, let Emily work. Mm-hmm. Let her report. Let her and we- Kevin Weeks just work side by side all season. Yes, mm-hmm. please. Second in. That's all. She's fantastic. Mark your calendars. A woman was right this day, the year of Arthur, 2023. That'll be news. Days since this has happened. One. That'll be news to some people. I know. I was going to. I was going to say, Mark this day is a is a day that a woman was right, just like every other day since we started mm-hmm. keeping track of time. So it's good all this news came out on Sunday because there's some other hockey event happening tomorrow. Huh, what could that be, Pat? The new league, who I'm still angry. Oh, don't even get me. But the PWHL has their draft tomorrow. Don't even get me started on... on, No. (laughs) The... uh, We're going to blackball as many PHF players as we can league. Mm -hmm. That said, I am trying, and I am gritting my teeth when I say this, I am trying to compartmentalize and realize having a avenue for the best players in the world to be playing year in and year out on, on video for anyone in the continent to see is a good thing. Yeah, I, the whole thing just left a really bad taste in my mouth, and I'm really just not happy with any of it. And. I understand that I should be supportive of women's hockey, and I will be, but it's going to take me a little while to swallow the rage and move on. (laughs) Yes, I'm right there with you. However, not having this Mike Babcock drama hanging over their draft tomorrow, please be a positive thing. I think think it will... I think for you two, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the the disappointment, the anger, the resentment, all justifiable for multiple reasons, will take about as long to 
be purged from your system as it will for the new league to purge the hatred for the PHF out of theirs. Yeah. That's a good way of yeah, looking at it, it. it. Although I strongly suspect that that's going to take a generation Couples. of players leaving the, the new league. And um, yeah, but we'll see. Oh, there are at least two U.S. Olympians who I, I'm ready to see them hang it up from this league. And then they get a clean slate in my book, as long as they continue to build and progress things. Like if this goes sideways. <sighs> I don't think it will go sideways. I, I don't. There are, there are too many reputations on the line. There are. I'm getting. Like I said, I'm trying to keep an open mind and compartmentalize my anger with my. I'm gonna. I'm going to invest time and potentially money with this new league, one way or another, because I think it's the right thing to do. Full stop. Doesn't mean I won't do it reluctantly. Um, sorry, NHL, you're not getting my money again. <laughs> yeah that said tomorrow will be an interesting day and i hope there are some wild and crazy things that happen and for any players who filed for compassionary i i forget what the official cba term was but players could petition to be put into certain markets for certain reasons because let's be honest some of these players will not be making a full li livable wage to be somewhere for 12 months out of the year this will be a a contract gig for part of the year unless they have stipends from say their national teams that it just kind of works what i'm really hoping to see tomorrow is a bunch of team GMs just throwing the whole PHF ban out the window and just picking the best available players, regardless of where they played last season. God, I'd love to see that. You and I both know that whatever mockery and shenaniganery and mental gymnastics and reverse backwards thinking exists in men's hockey you know it exists in women's at that level oh i know too. no I, I i know that too well that pettiness is there because yes because i know because women the women's side thinks that if they can do things like the men do then they will have made it quote unquote right um especially this particular group of individuals who are running this particular new league seem to think that that's the way to like be successful um that doesn't make it right that doesn't make them right but that is how it is i guess one encouraging thing is some of the players that were at the negotiating table that made certain decisions that harbored resentment to the nwhl the phf for so long they're no longer really in charge. Well, no, because now they have general managers. Yeah, that are all, well, 
let's just say I, I their board of governors, which is a weird, weird statement when it's a single owned entity, but whatever they're 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 managing directors. Um, the less I hear about Billy Jean King after year one, mm-hmm. the better. I think for everything. Oh, uh, well. Oh God, no! You know that's not going to happen. I said after year one. Just yeah, I, you, no, they're going to. Uh, I yeah, around. I know. So let's do a little craziness and drafting some of these players. Put together some really interesting rosters. Do I have to? <laughs> No, they do. Oh, they have okay. to do the work. They said it themselves. <laughs> they have to earn our dollars. Right. Right. I have a friend at work Which who is... wants to go watch the new Boston team. And I'm like, uh, I don't really want to, especially that Hillary Knight's there. I really, really, really don't want to. <laughs> no, that's fair. I uh... Nobody says you have to root for him, Cassie. I know, but me just sitting the, there scowling the at them in the, from the stands isn't very productive either, you know? Oh, and I feel the same way. I have a trip to Minnesota in late January, and I was like, Kendall Coin Schofield, mm-hmm. huh? Just yeah, openly, you... openly cheer for the other team. Yeah. Oh, no, I probably will still do it, but... It'll just be like, eh. no, I'll go and I'll be neutral. The, it, I won't, I won't like root for anybody. I'll just be sitting there going, I'm doing this because I have to, because I know it's the right thing to do, but that doesn't mean I like it. And that's why I think I'm really going to become an Ottawa fan. I think that's who I want to put my weight behind. Just because I'm going to wait and see how the draft goes and see who, who ends up if if the possibility of PHF players are being chosen and how many ends up on what team and I'll see how that goes. But we'll see. Now let's move on to funner things. Funner. Funner, more wonderful, happier I, things, huh? I think the Mike Babcock situation was pretty fun. It is pretty fun, but we but, but until we get more news or more like players start like leaking crap, I mean, you know, we, we've pretty much said all that we can say, except for, you know, snickering evilly uh, for a long is, time. Which is fine by me, you know? Hey. Um, no, so, so <laughs> the new, the new Atlanta Flaming Thrasher Jets. Uh. <laughs> I thought you said moving on to fun stuff, Cassie. It could be fun. I like the I like the flame. Actually, it should be the flaming Thrasher Jets. I did say that. Oh, I thought you said Thrasher Flaming no, no, Jets. No. Okay, flaming never mind. Thrasher Jets. So they probably won't be able to use flame. So that, and they probably won't want to use Thrasher, but they should just use like anonyms here or synonyms of those words to come up with a. Um, Georgia hot. No, no, no. Watch yeah. it. Watch it. Yeah. See, Watch I didn't it. want to say it. Um. Um. We aren't doing a piano bar set in Vegas, Pat. Watch it. 
No, but I did go to my local stand-up show last night, and boy, did I bomb. <laughs> Not really, but I would have if I did. Oh. How about we just call them the Georgia Red Hots with the bird logo? Yeah, that's never going to get misconstrued either. <laughs> Making Whoopi was a team name. I know. Lean into it sometimes. I know. Look, if they can build an arena that they can control, it'll be in the suburbs. They can have an ownership that It could work. That was really the problem before. The ownership was awful. I went to a few games in Atlanta. No. Three, four, something like that. And uh, they had a small but very passionate fan base. Um, I really liked the unusual configuration of the arena, although I understand that was a complaint of many people because, you know, they don't like asymmetrical things that are unusual. I, I like both. I'm an unusual kind of Love girl. Love those jerseys. Love them. Loved the arena that had the weird press yeah. box set up. That just seemed awesome. And, uh, you know, it was fun. It wasn't in a bad place necessarily in Atlanta. Um, parking could have been better, but you can say that for pretty much any NHL arena except for the Meadowlands, even then. Um, what do you mean? The entirety of the Meadowlands was a parking lot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but... You know, um, it was really, from what I remember at the end of the day, it was ownership for the Atlanta Thrashers. So, you know, when they ended up being sold to the group in Winnipeg, the uh, uh, the NHL at that point was handling a couple of, let's see, what was it? New Jersey was being sold. Uh, Dallas was threatening to go into bankruptcy. Uh, there was like three or four or five teams that had things going on. And so the ownership for Atlanta said to Gary Bettman, while all of the other stuff was going on, it's like, we're going to sell the team to Winnipeg. And if we aren't, if you don't let us, then we're going to go bankrupt. You know, those are your two options. And Bettman was furious and allow the team to be moved, not because he wanted to, but because he was forced into it. And so then Winnipeg wanted to like keep calling them or call them the moose because they'd invented, they invested that ownership group had invested so much into the marketing of the, of, I think it was the moose, right? Um, and then the fandom was, would have nothing of it and insisted it should be the Jets. And then the fact that they were the Thrashers was wiped off the face of the earth and they thought they had an expansion team or acted like it anyway. This in 30 minutes ago from the official Atlanta Thrashers um, Twitter account, the Atlanta Thrashers will be back in this league before Mike Babcock coaches another game. So there, there are some good things about this. <laughs> Some very good things. I, I don't think Babcock ever gets an NHL contract again in any position. Oh, no. He's effectively been blackballed. Yeah. Darn it. Persona non grata. Um, 
Oh, because the reason he didn't have a job up until now? Money, because no one wanted to pay him. Well, and he didn't want to he didn't want to take a salary cut. Exactly. Ego. You think? A little bit. Um top five synonyms for jet. So Pat, we can't go down this road. <laughs> Stream. I'm just I'm just gonna tell you, you know, like a letterman top five synonyms for jet. Stream. Squirt. Spout. Sprays. Nozzles. I think you're using the wrong definition of jet. <laughs> nope. Okay. Flame. Synonyms for flame. Blaze. There we go. Atlanta Flare. Blaze. <gasps> oh my God. Light. Wildfire. I eh, should probably stay away from mm -hmm. that one. Conflagration. That's too big a yeah, word for No, sports. none of the players can spell <laughs> that. Um, flash. Uh, someone likes their comic books a little too much. Spark. Technically taken, but we'll see. Blazing something. Cassie. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta Shermans. I already thought of that. Or the tanks. I mean, that's too. The tanks. Come on. Yeah, Sherman tanks. No, 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 no. Sherman's March to the Sea. I know. That's why they were called the Flames in the first place. Well, I, I know, but we're going to go back to it. Let's go back to it. The Atlanta Tecumsehs. <laughs> Is there a copyright against a Phoenix? The Georgia Phoenix. <clears throat> All right, so Thrasher is a bird, which they also cleverly like made into hurricane kind of ish thing. That's a state symbol of Georgia. So state symbols of Georgia. Uh, Other state symbols of Georgia. The green tree frog. It's their state amphibian. Uh, their butterfly is the eastern tiger swallowtail. Their cold water game fish is Southern Appalachian brook trout. Call them the Atlanta trouts. Um, crop Call peanut. Call Atlanta brick trouts. <laughs> peanut. There, there's that. So that was their cold water game fish. The actual yeah. fish is a large mouse, large mouth bass. Flowers. <gasps> the yeah, they can't afford. They can't afford that copyright. <laughs> The Atlanta Lunkers. That's a name for largemouth bass. Obviously peaches, but they can't use that. Who says? Why not? Isn't that copyrighted or something? Trademarked? Isn't that like a, a women's baseball team name? Different uh, name? The Rockford Peach. Mm. But, and that, it was singular. Yeah. They might be able to, and we know they would never do it, even though it would be awesome. 
Um, they're <laughs> game bird. Their official game bird is the bobwhite quail. They could be the quails. Or the bobwhites. Or bobwhites. Their, their state insect is the honeybee. I'm still the Georgia bee. Sorry, Sarnia. I'm still going the with Atlant- peanuts. We're coming for. I'm still going with peanuts. <laughs> the, peanuts are fun. The Atlanta bees. Bees. Azalea. Everybody gets a vuvuzela. Vidalia, sweet onion. They could be the onions. They could be the vidalias. Vidalias. I think they should be the bees, and and their giveaway is a vuvuzela. Remember those things from the World oh, Cup? Oh God, was- aren't they banned in the oh. NHL? Oh yeah. <laughs> No, I just don't think anybody's brought any to an NHL game in a while. Uh, their reptile is the gopher tortoise. Ooh, how about the Atlanta tortugas? I mean, unfortunately, Georgia Tech's already the yellow jacket, so I, I imagine they avoid the bees. Why? Bees are different from yellow jackets. Because people are cowards. People Dear. are cowards. Dear God, Pat, every team in Seattle has some sort of nautical theme to it. Not University of Washington. I, mean, I, I said every team, yeah. <laughs> every professional team in Seattle has a nautical theme. To okay, it. I can respect that. And I guess we can still count the Mariners as professional teams, as they 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 might actually make a playoff. Yeah. What is it? It's mid September. They, they still have time to blow it. <laughs> every every fifteen or twenty years, Pat. They're you know. Oh yeah, even, you know, even even a you know even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah, see, I'm still going with the peanuts. I think they should be the Atlanta peanuts. I can't wait for the outrage com- campaign against that team because you know kids get allergic to peanuts mm. because my son can't wear the peanuts jersey. He's allergic <laughs> to them. <laughs> Oh, now, well, no, now I'm sorry. Oh, I just, no, I, just, I have it. Yeah. I have it. I have it. I have the name. The Atlanta Lagoons? No, no, no. Their their official seashell is the knobbed whelk. They need to be the Atlanta whelks. Come on, you know, you know it needs to happen. It's like right there with gooey ducks, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but they didn't go with gooey ducks, damn it. <laughs> Evergreen State College. This is true. They're the gooey ducks. <laughs> Rightfully so. <laughs> Shush. <laughs> oh no, you you didn't you didn't go to high school near Evergreen, so I just just saying. There are things there that maybe you don't want to know about. Um anyway. I'm going with the Wilkes. Well, we can't use peanuts because just when I was saying that, I hit across the issue. Hi, Charles Scholes would like a word. Oh, uh, yeah. Or his estate, at least. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Oh, no, no. Here's the perfect hockey name. Their, their official prepared food is grits. <laughs> or possum. We can do possum. <laughs> Grits is kind of perfect. <laughs> you know, you, you, thank you everyone for coming along this ride while we just workshopped this. <laughs> you know, 
It was for a good cause because we have nailed it. <laughs> the Atlanta Grits. <laughs> and, and by we, and by we, I'm taking credit for a woman's work. So, you know, we as a collective just sat back and let Cassie <laughs> workshop this all on her own. And then we'll take credit for it. Naturally. That's, that's the way life always works, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I'll scream loudly that it was my idea, but no one will believe me because I'm a woman. Yeah. Yep. We'll just call you the Rosalind Franklin of our group. Mm-hmm. And if you got that reference, good on you. <laughs> Anybody got that reference, good on you. Um, I'm wondering if Mike Commodore has said anything yet. Oh, this is oh, this is a beautiful one. Just hang on. This is a beautiful one. Multiple NHL sources. You knew who you were hiring. If you can't stand up for him during something like this, why hire him in the first place? Uh, I, I imagine Mike Commodore probably strapped on a bathrobe and some UFA slides and did a happy dance around his house for a half an hour. While smoking a cigar. Probably. Mm-hmm. And I, I imagine it'll probably be like an uh, um, an Iron Sheik style tweet. Yeah, I mean, the people who haven't caught into Twitter yet are probably still like, you know, are trying to recover from the hernia they gave themselves from laughing hysterically while falling on the uh, you, floor. <laughs> you know, my my back is a little tender from like the last hour and a half of. I'm getting a great ab workout though, so uh, you know. I might be I might be able to skip that that part of the routine today. Oh god. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I, okay, no, he was immediate and I wasn't half wrong. It is all caps. <laughs> it is all caps. Well, what once he worked himself up, he he just Oh. Well, I'm surprised there hasn't been one already. Because after the whole thing with Toronto, you had a good couple of years. No, I'm talking about his book. Bab- Commodores. He's got. Oh, him- that's what I'm. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, either one of them. The, he had however many years since you know three three and a half years since he was canned in, in Toronto. He could have written one then, shelved it, if he didn't want it out while he was still working come back and revised it and then released it. Commodore should have written one about this whole thing instead of just nipping at him like scrappy do on Twitter constantly. And every time he had a chance with a mic, dude, you know, it's like one of those people. It's like, it's okay to let your feelings out, write them out, write them out, write a letter to yourself, turn it into a book. Did you see Mike McKenna's tweet? What did our lovely boy Mike do? He tweeted, I have so much respect for JD and, J- and Yarmo. I love my time with Columbus organization. Treated amazing. But I haven't found a single player, current or former, that thought hiring Babcock was a good idea. Response was always, why? Like, dude, that's what we are all thinking. <laughs> 
why? Why would you do that? But why? <laughs> because they can. Because they think it's a thing. Because <sighs> they wanted to squeeze whatever they thought they had out of the stone that wasn't there. They wanted the the name because they didn't have a name on the ice. Right. At the time. But they got the name at the draft, yeah, but... and that should have stopped, which means they already had a signed contract and it wasn't exactly. filed. But the name they got at the draft, they were not expecting to get. I will guarantee you. Guarantee you they were not expecting to get Fantilli. And he couldn't sign until his until something about his um, college term or something was over. There was there was some NCAA BS that had to be there, but the work the the and they couldn't sign Babcock before July first because they would have had to pay out what was ever left on his Toronto contract to that point. Because coaches aren't paid throughout the season like players are. I still don't think they are. I think that changed. They used to be, but I don't think they are anymore. <clears throat> Regardless, whatever he was owed on his contract, they were not going to eat any of that. So they couldn't sign him until July 1st without terminating his prior contract, regardless of how stupid it was that it was like two days prior or whatever. The rumblings of him being the head coach were out there for a while mm-hmm. prior to him signing. So I know they I had a deal. They had to deal like in theory for like a month or so before he even signed. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying is they yeah. basically had the wheels in motion on that. And then Fantelli dropped in their lap and they were kind of like, Oh, okay. Well, huzzah to us. How do we logo the grits, though? What animal will they use a la the wild to emphasize? Grittiness. I mean. Oh, there. I just found the problem with that one. What's Gritty going to think? Yeah. But grits are food. I know. <laughs> well, but grits are also grades of sandpaper. Mm-hmm. Now, see, what you do is you it, you go with the cartoony thing, and you do you do like a um, AHL esque jersey because you can. It's Atlanta um, with a hockey player without front teeth eating a bowl of grits. Well, why don't you? Let's. Do we have to relate it? Is what I'm saying. Can't you just say that we're the grits and that's a turtle that's kind of angry looking? Like he's grit. Mm. Tortugas. Right. That's what I'm saying. So we get the tortugas in there. You know, and he's he's a he's like a gnarly kind of punch up black eyed missing front like like turtle have teeth, but missing front teeth to your point. Mm-hmm. And he's just grit. Because he's got <sighs> grit. But everyone knows it's oh, it's it's in you know, it's in reference to grits. For those who don't know what a tortuga is, a tortuga is it is the Spanish name for turtle. 
And for those who don't know what it is, go look the damn thing up. You're <laughs> listening to this on some form of electronic device, which has to have some sort of internet capabilities. Go look the damn thing up. Which is just how I found out that UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, yep. had a mascot with the name True Grit. I had purged that from my memory. You're welcome. And for better or for worse, you know Jeff Bridges would have to make an appearance on opening mm. night. No. It, because I don't really think they can get anyone from the 1969 version yeah, of the movie. No. I think the little girl's still around. Which is about all the NHL would be able to afford, so it will be her. <laughs> They can't afford to pay appearance fees for any one of Jeff Bridges' staff. Well, you know what? I, I I take that back. Robert Duvall was in the original. They can't afford him. No, I think at this point in Duvall's life, they probably could afford him. He's, you know, it's been it's been long enough since No Ending for Bored Men was out. I'm actually surprised to see some recent things on his uh, work, yeah. on his discography. Also seeing Struthers Martin was in the original True Grit. Who knew? I haven't seen that movie in years, and I don't plan on seeing it for years. So, My dad I... was a big John Wayne fan. He loved John Wayne. I've seen so many John Wayne movies growing up as a kid. The burden that I bear. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. I'm just happy in today's Puckdoku I could play Roland, Rolly the goalie, Joseph Melanson for a square. This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees. 